That was the action we engaged in last week when we um, set before God our desire to get the garbage out of our lives. And what a, what a movement of the Holy Spirit was among us last Sunday as, as uh, scores of you came forward and just said that we're dumping this stuff here. This is stuff that's in the way of God uh, working in my life, of Him being able to ask me to to do anything that he wants me to do. And so, um, but we also know that we can't do that ourselves. That's, this is a, a work of God in our hearts. This was an, an action whereby we set forth our wills and our desires to cooperate with what God wants to do in our lives. And so this is the last time you're going to see the garbage that's here on the Lord's table. And that'll be cleared away and sent where it belongs, which is garbage. And uh, we won't see that again. And, uh, but God is working away in your lives. And I'm praying for you, praying for myself, that uh, those things that are in the way of God, whether it be sin or distractions or, or things that occupy our time, will be moved out of our lives so we can be fully engaged in Him. And uh, by the way, tonight, come on back tonight, we're, we'll celebrate the Lord's table together. And um, we'll talk about the way to a clear conscience. Uh, I'm not sure we've really embraced or understand what God has given to us in Christ by salvation. It's an amazing thing, and we'll look at that tonight. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, um, we ask now that you would uh, guide us into truth. Your word is truth, and I pray, Father, that you would uh, uh, move in our hearts um, in response. Lord, we have been singing to you and declaring to you by testimony all that you've done for us, and what can we do? What, what appropriate thing can we do, but, but offer our lives to you as a hallelujah, um, in every way praising the Lord uh, when we hurt and when we're happy, when we are in difficulties and when we are at top of the world, when we are perplexed and when we see the way forward. Whatever the situation, Father, um, that, we, that our, we find our hearts and our emotions, it is our desire that we would be a, a hallelujah because you have done so much for us. So, our Father, I pray that um, we would um, fully engage now in the work that the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives through the Word of God. For ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. My favorite way to get where I want to go now is the GPS way. I am, I am so in love with my GPS I've told you this before, but I just have to say it again because it's just become, next to my wife, the new love of my life. And um, I, I, just, I just love it because it's, it, it just gets me to where I want to go and I'm, I'm really excited about it. In fact, you know that when you, if you have one of these things, when you plug in the directions and all that, then it asks you not only where do you want to go, but how do you want to go there? And I like that too because it has like the fastest way, which is of course the way I pick always. But there's, there's also the shortest way, or you can avoid motorways, or you can walk the walking way. Would I ever consider that? Of course not. I would never consider the walking way. The smell the roses kind of way, you know? And, and uh, then there's, the, would you like to avoid the toll way? I always choose that, of course, because I'm cheap. But, that, but that's, that's what I, I love the GPS. It, it, it talks to us about how to get, what, where to go and how to get there and in what fashion, what way we want to get there. Well, there was one day when Jesus was speaking of a destination to his disciples in John chapter 14. And he was speaking of the destination to the Father's place. I want to begin with a, a mini-series with you this morning leading up to Easter Sunday, which is coming quickly, um, of the... Uh, 
The declarations that Jesus made of himself, in particular, found in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Today I want to talk to you about I am the way. He said to his disciples, I am the way. He said, there's a place where I'm going, and I'm going there, and I'm going to take you there, and you know the way. And uh, Thomas said to him, like, we don't know the way. And um, I want to pick that up at the scriptures in John chapter 14. By the way... um, he has been sharing with them that he's going to be betrayed and, and um, he's going to be uh, leaving them. And that's the context. And then he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Now that's a, a pretty big statement right there of his divinity. Trust in God, trust also in me. None of us would say that. We wouldn't walk up to somebody and say, trust in God and in the same way, trust in me. We would never say that. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now another disciple by the name of Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. This is God's word. I want to stop right there this morning. And we are thankful for God's word. Jesus stands before his disciples and he says, I'm going to a place. I'm I'm going to take you with me and you know the way. Now, um... If he's going to take us to some sort of place, we would, might be inclined to think, well, then why do we need to know the way at all? Like if I tell you, look, I'm going to come and pick you up and take you somewhere, you, you, what would you say? You would say, well, I want to know exactly all the details of where you're going to take me. Probably not. You just say, okay, fine, whatever. We might be looking for Jesus to say, look, and don't worry about it. I got it covered. I'll be back for you in about 75 years and everything's fine. But he didn't say that. There must be some sort of engagement with the way that he's talking about. It must be some sort of part we are playing or role we have with respect to this, the way that Jesus is talking about here. And thinking about direction only, because that's where Thomas' mind was fixed, he says to Jesus, we we don't know the way. Like, have you got a GPS for us or something like that? And Jesus says to him, I am the way, I'm it. I'm the divine GPS. But, but more than that, I am the way, a particular type of way, a definite article way, the way. There's more to this, Thomas, than what you are thinking. Now, there is a culture way. There's the culture's way. If you look around you, the people around you, the people you work with, the people you live near, maybe some people in your own family. They seem purposely oblivious to this thing that Jesus is talking about, the way. Any way, in fact, suits them but the Jesus way. And, of course, that's 
prophesied in Scripture. In Isaiah 53, 6, it tells us that we all, in fact, at one time, all of us and many around us still uh, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's the culture's way. Then in Proverbs, it says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. So there are ways. The Bible has expressed that, that there are people who have put forth ways. But Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus has made an exclusive statement whereby he is saying, no one finds their way to the Father, God, except through me. Now, um, Philip uh, adds, Lord... Um, Show us the Father, and that'd be good enough for us. Like, um, if you know the way to the Father, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what, what I'm looking for. That's, that's what, I'm, what I'm interested in. And he's making a statement here that, that I want to get to the Father, and, and if you know the way to him, let me know what it is. Implying, of course, that that Jesus can move to the side, like, just get me to God. I, I want to I meet him. Now, um, Jesus is, I think, quite taken aback by this statement. Because he says, don't you know me, Philip? Look at what he says in verse, verse 9. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time. And then he makes this statement. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I, I'm at Jesus. You're looking, Philip, you're looking right now into the face of the Father. I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. This is not about um, following Jesus to the way to get to God. As if Jesus is some sort of tour guide or trailblazer that, that is incidental, interesting, and and uh, perhaps somewhat important with a message, but, but a side issue to getting to God. No, Jesus is making a very, very distinct statement here. I am the way. If you've come to me, Philip, you have arrived at the destination. That's the statement he's making here. He's talking about the Jesus way. He is our Savior, not just the way to the Savior. In John chapter 4, verse 42, where Jesus had just been talking to the woman at the well, and she had gone and shared with her whole village about Jesus. And then they come back and they say to her, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. That's an amazing declaration. Because only God saves. But the people of this village have made a statement. He's not the man who's uh, taking us on the way to the Savior. This man really is the Savior. And further on in the scriptures, in John 10, verse 3, 4, and 10, it is his voice, Jesus' voice, that summons his people. It says there he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because, why? They know his voice. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. They hear him and live. You heard him and you live. 
whether in life or death, by the way. In John 5, 28, 29, it says this. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live. And those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. There is a way that seems right to people. The world insists there are many ways. And the number one favorite way to God that the world proposes? My own way. My own way. I'm sure you've encountered this on a number of occasions. I certainly have when I'm speaking to people about God or witnessing about Him. And I ask them, how is it with you and God? They say, oh, it's fine. Well, explain to me. Tell me a little bit more about your relationship with God. Oh, I, you know what? I find him in my own way. It's, it's, it's my own way. That's precisely what the Bible says is the wrong way. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way. That's what Jesus said. No, no, no. It can't be own way. It can't be our way. I am the way. An exclusive statement. The way uh, Eugene Peterson in his book, entitled, in fact, Jesus' Way, writes this. The way we come to God is the same way God comes to us. So that puts Jesus at a very central position. In fact, in the first chapter of John, the whole chapter itself, but I'll pick out a couple of verses. Verse 1, verse 14, verse 18, for instance. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh, and His name is Jesus. And He made His dwelling among us. The way we come to God through Jesus is the way God came to us through Jesus. He made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. That's why Jesus said to Philip, Philip, you've been with me all of this time. Do you not get it? You have seen the glory of the Father. If you are looking at me, you are looking into the face of the glory of God. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known or has literally fully explained God to us. So Jesus is basically saying, no, you can't have God without me. Because that would be like saying that you can have God and exclude God at the same time. So the way we come to God is through Jesus. It's the Jesus way. But there is, by the way, a starting point to this way, the Jesus way. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, the time has come, he said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. The starting point to the Jesus way has three elements to it from Jesus' own words. The first is repent. Repent means a decision to turn from the direction, your own way, the way you are going, Turn and go a different way. It is a decision of the mind and the heart to make a 180 degree turn 
A decision to leave your present way, which results in a change of life direction. That's repent. But secondly, he says you must believe. Believe is a new resolve to personally trust that Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, leaving heaven to come here to live a sinless and perfect life among us, to be put on a cross, to be a substitute for our sinfulness, that by believing in him, by asking him to forgive us, that we could receive Christ and he would become our savior. That's what believe means. It's an action of my mind to respond in trust by faith. And there's a third action, he says, which is follow. It's not enough to simply say, well, I'm going to make a decision to change my life direction and go in a different direction. It's not enough to say that I believe and trust that Jesus Christ is the Savior and is my Lord. It requires that I follow through in the direction by obedience to the things and the ways that Jesus is teaching us. When Jesus said, I am the way to the Father's place, he wasn't simply saying, I am the way to the end, to the final destination. He was saying that. But he was saying, I am also a way of living out the means to that end. That's significantly important. And I want to share with you the way that Jesus is the way to live out our lives. The way... That he shapes us. Jesus is that way in our lives. Peterson also writes to follow Jesus means that we can't or don't separate what Jesus is saying from what Jesus is doing and the way Jesus is doing it. When he said, come and follow me, he meant to practice the ways that I am doing, the things I am doing. When Jesus declared himself the way, he wasn't offering a better way to help people to go their own way, like some sort of ideal life coach, or inviting people just for a better form of self-help. No, no, he's far more in-depth than that, far more spiritually significant than that. When he said, I am the way... He is saying, I am the way to the only joyful end, to the Father's place, to the place where God hangs out. Yes, he is saying that. He is also saying, I am the way to live the way you need to live to get to the end. He was also saying, I am the way, period. Now that has... um, Implications and ramifications for people who say, oh yes, I believe in God, but I have no interaction with Jesus. We um, who are followers of Christ, I think have settled on specializing in living in such a way as we think that Jesus is really our ticket to heaven. And that fundamentally is really all we're jazzed about. Like that's, that's what we're all about. But that doesn't begin to scratch the surface 
of the package that Jesus is referring to here when he says, I am the way. Now, particularly those around you who are not enamored by the idea that uh, uh, believing in God is enough, say, well, you know, the Jesus stuff, I mean, I'm not engaged in that. I don't understand that. I don't see why I have to be involved with that because I believe in God. I mean, God keep our land glorious and free, right? That kind of God relationship. So some are saying, well, Jesus may have been declaring that he's the way, but I I need to hear it from God himself. I'm hearing it from, you say your Jesus says that. You say it's written in the Bible that Jesus said that, but, but how should I know that that's what God thinks? Well, it was at his baptism, at the baptism of Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. In fact, all of the Gospels, but in particular I'm referring to Matthew chapter 3, where who he is is declared by the Father. It was at his baptism when a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. To Matthew, to Mark, to Luke, to John, all recording this, this meant something to them very significant. Who is this voice from heaven? It's none other than God the Father endorsing the Son, endorsing him as the Messiah. That's the way That Jesus is the way. That's who he is. When he says, I am the way, he has been endorsed by God the Father. So anyone who says, yeah, I'm I'm a God-fearer, I'm into God, they have to deal with the fact that God in heaven has declared that his son, Jesus, is Messiah, is the anointed one, is the promised one, is the one who has come from heaven to do the work of the Father. There's more. Not just about end destination. It's also about the manner by which we get to the final destination. Just like the GPS where you have the fastest route or the shortest route or the toll-free route. When Jesus says, I am the way, he's really probing us with a further emphasis on, and and how do you think that way looks? I mean, do you want to take the the fastest way to heaven? You want to take the, and quite frankly, yes, I do. I'd be quite happy with that. Lord, save me and take me to heaven. That'd be the fastest way. But he's chosen not to do that. So you want to take the shortcut way? You want to, Bypass the toll route way? You want to take the walking tour way? And I said to you already, no, I don't want to take that way. Well, I think Jesus wants us to take that way. When he says, I am the way, he wants us to walk with him on the Christ-like way. That's what he's talking about. And so we have this complexity in our lives because it would be easy if Jesus just saved us as I'm the way to the Father's place. As soon as you're saved, takes you to heaven, done deal. That'd be easy. 
But there's a complexity to our lives because there is an enemy who seeks to try and distract us from the way that Jesus wants us to be on the way. And the fascinating thing is that um, he can't take us off the way. Do you realize that? He, he can't take us out of the Jesus way. Now, notice with me in the scriptures, if you're still in John, the book of John, look at John chapter 6, for instance. John chapter 6, verse 37 to 40. In John chapter 6, verse 37 to 40, it says there, All that the Father gives me, referring to Jesus, will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down. I will never send them off the Jesus way. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then over in John chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then very rightly he says, I and the Father are one. He's made a very, first of all, he's made several amazing statements that are great confidence builders and and, and fill us with hope. That once you have been received onto the Jesus way, once you have received Jesus Christ, he gives you the right to be called children of God. You are on the Jesus way and no one can ever, ever take you from that Jesus way. Ever. That's an amazing truth. That's a truth that builds the confidence to live and rejoice in the presence of God all the time. He makes another statement here. He says that the Father uh, gives them to me And no one can snatch anybody out of Jesus' hand. That's what he says. And then in the next statement he says, no one can take them out of the Father's hand. Now if you can't take them out of Jesus' hand and you can't take them out of the Father's hand, it's the same hand. He's making a bold statement of his divinity. I and the Father are one. And sadly, to those people outside of faith who say, I believe in God, it's good enough. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't follow Jesus. I'm sorry that God, Jesus, same person. Jesus makes this bold statement, I'm the way. So why does Satan then bother to bother us? I mean, he's read the scriptures. He knows what, what God writes will be. He knows that the word of God cannot be superseded by Satan under any circumstances. So why does he bother us? He knows he can't get us out of the way. So he tries to mess up the way that we are living out the way. In fact, um, it is recorded for us that immediately following the baptism of Jesus... Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be tempted 
by Satan. Uh, Turn over in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. I want to uh, camp there for the rest of our time together this morning. It was immediately following the baptism of Jesus that Jesus set out. He was led out into the wilderness. It was an act of God's will that he would go out into the wilderness and face the temptation of Satan. And by the way, it would be the same kind of temptation that you are facing. Satan couldn't possibly get Jesus off the way. He can't get you off the way, but he can mess up the way that you live out the way. If that makes any sense to you at all. I hope it does. Because I think this is really important for us so that we are people who don't just simply receive Jesus Christ, think we got our get out of hell free ticket, and then disregard how we live until we get to the other end of things. Because that's not what Jesus meant when he said, I am the way. He meant far more than that. And so he lives out for us here the perfect example of the temptation you're going to face to veer off the way. And Jesus shows us here how you live on the way. Jesus shows us how he is the way. Not just that he is the way. He shows us how you live the way. Not just that you know about it. And it's also instructive for us to note that this is right after baptism. I always tell our baptismal candidates that you should expect another one of those waves of satanic onslaught following your baptism. Because it is a time when you have publicly declared, I'm on the way. I'm on the Jesus way. And you've set yourself out there publicly. Filled with the praise of God. Filled with the joy of God. Filled with one of those moments in your life where you are making this great declaration. It is then that Satan wants to undermine your confidence. So Jesus is led out into the wilderness to to be tempted. And there's three things I want you to get a hold of this morning and, and then we'll be finished. It was after fasting for 40 days... Verse 2, and 40 nights that he was hungry. And this is the first type or way or method that Satan employs to try and get you off the way. It says, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Here's what I want you to do, Jesus, Satan says. I want you to limit the way. I want you to make the way all about meeting physical needs. That'll really attract people. They'll really like it. It'll really be something that they get gunned up about. I want you to make the way about meeting needs. Physical needs. You've been hungry for 40 days. It's time for you to turn that stone into bread. To reduce the way that Jesus is talking about to consumerism. It's all about Jesus being the way to meeting your needs. In fact, um, there are whole church styles and movements that are based upon Jesus as the meter of needs. That the way might be reduced from its extravagant theological reality, truncated down to 
Jesus being the one who meets needs. Now, by the way, meeting needs is a good thing until it becomes a bad thing by being the fixated or focused or only thing, by being the thing. You see, um, Jesus is fasting here. Fasting because he is using this time to draw close to the Father. He's involved in a very significant spiritual exercise. And Satan's idea is, you have desires, you have needs, Jesus. You have a physical need. Why not take care of that right now? By taking care of that physical need right at that moment, what that would do is distract him, take him away from what he really needed, which was to be in the presence of the Father. It it would become a self-desired need, which is normal. It's a normal human need from a cultural perspective. It's a culturally desired need to eat. But it would at that moment become a sin-defined need because it would be a need in front of what he really needed, which was the Father. And somehow Satan was suggesting that that we could use Jesus to grow away from him. We could say that, that Jesus now meets our needs and that's all we're interested in him. And in fact, we would be using Jesus to take us away from God. And what's Jesus' response? People don't live on the meeting of their needs only. That's what he says. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. They live when their needs are shaped by me. Because after all, Jesus Christ is the living word. And so he says that that their lives are shaped when they are met in me. I am the way. I am your need. The word of God. This is the scripture way. Jesus says, no, look at, yes, yes, there are physical needs. But the Jesus way is first and foremost the scripture way. Well, not having any success with that, Satan moves on to his next idea. Verse 5, he takes him to the holy city, be Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan says, "Um, Jesus, you maybe don't know this, but there are a lot of people out there who are adrenaline junkies. I mean, they, they're looking for the spectacular. They're looking for the amazing. They're looking for the marvelous. They want a spectacular Jesus. They want a miraculous Jesus. They're all only looking for uh, the next exciting moment. They want the Barnum and Bailey Jesus. So find as many ways, Jesus, as you can make yourself exciting. Jump, Jesus, jump. It'll be very memorable. Is it not true? There are not a lot of people out there saying to you, well, you know, if I saw some miracles, I saw something spectacular, I'd really, I'd consider being on the Jesus way. I might be interested in that. It's all about stimulation. Using Jesus to medicate your boredom. And let's face it, many of us are amusing ourselves to death. 
We find as many exciting things that are remotely connected to Jesus as we can find. Explanations for doing what we want to do and claim that it's what Jesus wants us to do. And then we tack on, I've prayed about it. Really? Or are you rather sharing your presumption with God? And God wants you, Satan says to Jesus, to do the swan dive to test his 911 rescue program. That's what he wants. You ever notice that Jesus doesn't seem to cooperate with the cheap Christ souvenirs that we try to cram into our lives or the Ringling Brothers spectacles? Nor will God be some sort of trained seal to spark life into our lackluster, faithless Christian experience? That's not how he is the way. No command performance for sagging or skeptical faith. That's not how he's going to be the way. If you thought that was what the way is, you're sadly mistaken. See, Jesus answers him and says, it is also written, verse 7, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The way that Jesus is the way and the way that he wants us to live out the way is with the kind of faith that believes and trusts in Jesus Christ in the dark moments, in the tough moments, in the non-spectacular times, in the non-miraculous moments, in the most of our lifetimes. He wants us to have something that's about a deep abiding trust in those long dark stretches of the hard and the mundane. That's the way. It's the faith way. The Jesus way is the way of trust, not test. We, we don't gain our confidence in God by, by throwing out to God all the time, look, if you do this, then I'll believe in you. If I can jump off this and land on my head and I'm still alive, I'll be okay with you. Because your angels are going to be given a responsibility for a 911 rescue. And if you do that, then I'll believe in you, I'll trust you, I'll give my life over to you, I'll get rid of some of this garbage in my life. That's not going to be the Jesus way. It's to believe in God even when you can't see what he's doing. It's to believe that he won't leave you or forsake you because he said he won't. So Satan gets shut down again. So he has one more. The devil took him, verse 8, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says, all this I'll give to you if you'll bow down and worship me. The third and final attempt is the selfish way. Jesus wasn't going for the stuff way. He wasn't going for the stimulation way. And now Satan puts before him the selfish way. Jesus, look it. Why don't you just do a shortcut? I'll give you all this stuff, which is rightfully Christ anyway. I'll give you all this stuff. All you have to do is bypass the cross. I'll give it to you right now. Be painless. See, um, 
He says all these kingdoms, all you can call Jesus, you can call them whatever you want. You can call them Christian kingdoms for all I care. As long as you don't go to the cross and you worship me. That's kind of the way it is in our country, you know. We call in ourselves a Christian country. I'm thinking to myself, what, what really is Christian about our culture that we live in here? When you think about the various themes of our culture, what, what is like the Jesus way? Our ambition? As you look at people with crushed fingers and footprints in their face as they've been trying to scramble up the corporate ladder? What about the Jesus way of that looks like the Jesus way? Or, or when you think about our, uh, our justice system, the rights for the wicked, and the victims are continually victimized and without justice, what about the Jesus way is that? Or about our education system? Truth is replaced by selective tolerance. Unrelated to what Jesus tolerated at all. There's, there's no interest in the truth of Christ. What about our education system is the Jesus way? Or our democracy? A system primarily fueled by self-interest. You do for me what I want and I'll vote for you. What, what about that is the Jesus way? Or what about our economy that's fueled by an insatiable appetite for more? What about that is the Jesus way? And Satan stands before Jesus and said, you know what, you can have all of that and you can call it Christian if you want. I don't care. In fact, I hope you do. Because that'll just distract people from what's really the Jesus way. And Jesus' response to Satan was, get away from me. Get away from me. We're not bypassing the Jesus way. It's the spirit-filled worship way. The Jesus way is the way of worshiping and serving God and serving him only. The Jesus way is setting aside myself that I might have him. Jesus is the way God is with us and in us. The Jesus way tells us what God is doing. He saves and he heals and he comforts and he touches and he rescues and he judges wickedness and he brings justice. He provides and he forgives. That's what Jesus meant when he said to Philip, uh, you, you don't get it when you're looking at me, you're looking at the Father. That's what this I am the way really means. It's a, it's a way of living, it's a way of being with God for eternity. It's a way of living right now. I must confess that, that most of my life I've really only thought when I heard that phrase about Jesus as the way home. I never really thought as I looked deeper in the study that he was referring to the way of living now, a far more robust way.
Do you realize, beloved, that Jesus cares about the whole way? He cares about the way there. He cares about the way there is the way. And he cares about the way of the way there. Now, you may have to think about that for a while. I think you'll find it to be true. Dorothy Day, in her book, The Long Loneliness, said this, All the way to heaven is heaven because he said, I am the way. I have two questions to close this this morning. And they are this. Have you made it to the starting point of the way? I'm not going to presume that everyone in here has. The place where you have come and repented of your direction, going your own way, said, no, I want to go the Jesus way. Where you believe that Christ is the substitute for your sinfulness and has taken your sins upon the cross and paid the penalty that was rightfully yours and you have asked for forgiveness and embraced that and that you are following Jesus Christ by an act of obedience generated by his spirit in you. That's the way of being on the Jesus way. The second question is for those of you who are on the Jesus way. How on the Jesus way are you? Are you just sort of cruising and saying, well, I I got my thing and I'm waiting for heaven. And, And by the way, I'm falling prey to all of these temptations. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff crowding out my life. I, I'm always looking for the next stimulating thing about Jesus. That's what keeps me going. I'm all about myself. There's not a lot of room for Christ-likeness. That's not the Jesus way. This was an act last Sunday that declared from many of your hearts, nah, we want the Jesus way. That's what we want. I'm praying that for you. Father, Jesus Christ is the way. He said, I am the way. Not just the way to the Father's place. He is that. He is very God. He is the way that the way is the way to the Father. So, Father, I pray that you would, first of all, work in the hearts of anybody who's here who says, I haven't even made it to the starting line. Lord, today could be that day of repentance and belief and follow through. And then, Father, for those who've been coasting or veering off, Father, thank you that by your mercy and your grace and through the teaching of your word and the Holy Spirit's conviction of your word in our lives and our hearts, you bring us back in line. Because I want to be right in the center of the way Jesus is the way. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.